Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. Well, actually, it comes to us via an airport as Jamie is out and about traveling to give the best election coverage available on your radio dial. We ourselves are in Fayetteville, North Carolina. In the studios are our, our affiliate, News Talk Radio, WFNC, AM640. And uh, where are you headed, sir? I'm headed down to Miami for the Democratic debate tonight and then the Republican debate tomorrow. And I hope to see you maybe in Orlando on Friday if it happens. Uh, Orlando is probably going to happen. We're going to be with Ted Cruz for the hour. Would you like a backstage pass, considering they always put you in a room and you don't even get to see the candidates half the time, and they put you with the rest of the media? I will get you a backstage pass if you'd like one. All right, that's fine. I'm, I'm more than happy to. It should be That's not considered favoritism? By the way, that's not considered favoritism? Um, I don't think it's considered favoritism, is it? <laughs> if it is, too bad. You know, you know people. What's the big deal? Uh, and you're a friend of mine, and, and you're doing our coverage, and, and I want you to have the best seat possible. I think it's horrible that that they corral you reporters in a room during these debates where you can't even see the candidates on stage. Well, I think actually the, the story that needs a little more fleshing out, I think, is the way we're corralled at the Trump events, as I've told you that before. And that, I think, has been the one of the more troubling things that's happened so far in the campaign. What about the Hillary and events? It's the same thing at her events, too. No, it's not. They did that early. But um, at the oh, Hillary events, you can go interview anybody anywhere. But uh, this, like I said, this is a this is a discussion for a future time. It's uh, I, I think last night was exactly what you and I had talked about a day ago. It was an opportunity for Trump to reset the narrative. And Donald Trump did exactly that yesterday with his three wins. Uh, certainly uh, the, the rest of the field, other than Ted Cruz, did not have the greatest of nights. I was right in Michigan that uh, there was some bubbling up by both Cruz and Kasich, but Kasich did not get enough. Actually, I think it was Trump really that held Kasich down in the immediate uh, Detroit area and Detroit suburbs because Trump not only won in Oakland County, which is a big bedroom community to the northwest of, of Detroit, he won in Macomb County, which is the home to the Reagan Democrats, and he won, he won in Wayne County, which is Detroit in the immediate northern suburbs. Kasich did well in all three of those, but was never able to get past him. And when Cruz was able to turn out a bunch of people over in the Grand Rapids area that I talked about yesterday, where they had heavy turnout reported, that was the difference that he was able to slide by Kasich and into second. So Cruz obviously standing head and shoulders above everybody else. But at this point in time, even though I think there'll be a lot of rumblings about, hey, Rubio should get out, or don't you think Rubio should get out? I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't rule it out before Tuesday. But I would think that both he and Kasich would stick around, at least for their home states. But we'll see. There are a number of polls that have Trump leading in both Ohio and Florida. Uh, it's a little closer in Ohio. But it seems, if again, if the polls are indicative, and, and they were pretty dead on in last night's contest, especially in Mississippi. Except and especially, the Democrats in Michigan. Well, yeah, good point. Democrats in Michigan was a good, well said, but I'm talking about the Republican side specifically. They were pretty dead on and, and they've been fairly accurate. And more importantly, I think our analysis has been pretty dead on accurate, you know, leading up to debates and leading up to these primaries and caucuses. So I, I got to say that Trump's the favorite in Florida and he certainly is, you know, very competitive in Ohio, and I, I think the question that the people of Ohio are going to ask themselves is, does John Kasich have a path to the nomination? Now, he's answered that question for me. He says he thinks his only path is through a contested and brokered convention. I think that uh, of the two right now, I would say that Kasich has the better chance than Rubio, but you, know, you never know what's going to happen. It's like last night, somebody sent me a message on Twitter and said, why are you wasting your time covering the, the Clinton-Sanders race in Michigan? Everybody knows what's going to happen. 
And I said, and my reply was something along the lines of, well, the Vegas odds makers are not always right on Saturday and Sunday, and they certainly were not right in that race yesterday. You're right, as we look ahead toward next week in the 15th, I would have to say right now, you can envision a scenario where Trump wins in Florida, where he wins in Ohio, in Illinois, in Missouri, in North Carolina as well. But we'll, uh, we'll let the voters figure that one out and whether or not that's the case. Obviously, Ted Cruz, I think, would like to get to that point where it's just him versus Trump and then see if anything changes in terms of the dynamic of this race. But by winning three or four last night, uh, uh, Trump was able to put to rest any of the worries from the weekend. You know, it's funny. Just if, if Cruz had been able to win one more and get a split, you know, it wasn't a big delegate haul last night for Trump. He, he got a little under 50% of the delegates. Uh, Cruz had, uh, he had 49%. I think Cruz had 39% of the delegates. So it was only a, a net of 14. But it was that feeling. That's, of always, the ca- that's always the case, though, with proportional. Yeah, that's always the case, though, with proportional distribution. And it, it has been that way now. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. And, and, and Trump was never going to run away with everything last night. Uh, but the fact that he was able to uh, get uh, upwards of almost half of the delegates, able to win three states, uh, obviously he was able to put the train back in the right direction after the weekend that it sort of knocked him off. Now, the difference about next week's states, I would say, is we're seeing a much larger amount of negative ads being run, frankly, a normal amount of negative ads being run against a front runner. I don't know if that's really going to change anything, uh, but that'll be one of the wild cards for next week. So we've got literally Ohio, Missouri, Illinois, and Florida, all winner-take-all states. North Carolina... No, that's, that's, that's not entirely true. But, but there's two truly winner-take-alls, and those are Florida and Ohio, 99 and 66. North Carolina is pure proportional, no thresholds. Missouri is a two-pot... Uh, delegate hall. If you win the state, you get a small amount of delegates. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it might be a dozen. And then they have individual... I, mean, I have all the rules in districts. front of me. If a candidate in Missouri, it's it's pretty much winner-take-all, But let me, and it's also majority-take-all, but if a winner wins a statewide majority, it's winner-take-all, and all 52 delegates bound to the winner. If no candidate gets the majority, the top vote-getter in each congressional district gets five delegates, three congressional districts uh, delegates, and two at-large. Uh, and the top vote getter statewide gets another 12 at large delegates, including three from the RNC. So it, it's it's kind of winner take all, but it's majority take all in that sense. But but certainly Ohio's winner take all Florida's winner take all Illinois is winner take all at large delegates bound to the statewide winner. Congressional district delegates directed directly elected on a primary ballot identified yeah, by they presidential have preference. Different, they have something different in Illinois called the loophole primary, where right. the actual names of the delegates are on the ballot and you vote for them. It's a small pot of delegates, like in Missouri, that goes to the winner. So again, it's a chance for whoever win those states uh, to run up the score. And if it's Donald Trump running up the score in all five states, uh, I, I think we know where this thing is going. If Ted Cruz is able to you know, get in and do some work in some of those states, then... Maybe we'll see where it goes. I, 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 Did you ever you hear know, of the Northern Mariana Islands? Their Republican oh, yeah, caucus they have, there. They there are nine, nine delegates. delegates, I believe. Yes. Yeah, that's winner take all. I, I don't even the, know the, the where, where, where the hell is it tomorrow. Yeah, where where is the North Mariana Islands, and how do they get delegates? I don't even know where they are. It's an American possession out in the Pacific. It's nice to know. I'm glad we we have more territory than I was aware of. Um, anyway, and then you, of course you've got American Samoa Samoa Republic. You know, there's a lot of things out there that are interesting as you look at it. Anyway, the bottom line is we're moving into a situation where it's it matters if you win the state finally. Winner takes all means people's delegate counts are going to go up quickly or they are going to be left behind quickly. It's one way or the other. Um, so, you know, that's where we're headed. I really to me, I think so much is riding in this race 
We could look through every scenario imaginable. If Trump wins Florida, if Trump wins Illinois, and Trump wins Ohio, I, I, I don't see how others justify staying in the race at that point, with maybe the exception well, of Ted Cruz. I think there's one person that could stay in, I would think it would be Cruz, who could argue and argue correctly yeah. that he's had a number of wins so far. But clearly, uh, uh, he, he showed himself yesterday to be the second person in the field. I mean, the second strongest, obviously. Not only winning in Idaho, but coming in second in Hawaii, in Michigan, and in Mississippi. So I, I think it'd be a little premature to start trying to say that, that Cruz should get out of the race. If no, he doesn't I said with the exception of Cruz. Yeah, and especially Marco. I mean, here's the question Marco Rubio has to ask himself today. He's down in the polls in Florida. And if he loses, what is the impact on him for his any future career? He may not be thinking about a future career now, but he needs to. And I don't think the people that are going to be throwing him dollar after dollar and millions and millions and millions for negative ads against Donald Trump, I don't think they're given one rip about his future. They're, they're just focused and fixated on beating Trump. Yeah, look, uh, uh, obviously Rubio has an uphill fight. I don't think anybody can blame him if he wants to stick in with his home state, just like Kasich. Again, I think we'll hear a lot more about Rubio, uh, you know, sort of rumors and rumblings about trying to get him to get out before Tuesday. But frankly, the biggest problem with that uh, idea is that so many people have already voted in Florida, and I assume a number of them for Rubio, that to get out now really sort of defeats the whole purpose. It doesn't. If you're looking to find a rallying point and say, okay, I'll get out and send all my votes to Cruz or something like that, it really won't work that way because so many people have already voted. No, I think that's a good point. Uh, back to the Democrats and back to Hillary. Yeah, Miss Michigan was a shock and a surprise, but the reality is it's not having much of an impact on the delegate count. She still is beating Bernie by almost two to one, even though he's won, what, the same number of states for the most part. Yeah, and yesterday was really interesting because you had a uh, another divide where Hillary Clinton was able to win, and not just win, she won in Mississippi with 83% of the vote. I mean, that's just astounding how little support that Sanders has been able to get in the South, especially from African-American voters. And yet in an industrial state with a heavy uh, black population in Michigan, she was not able to bring that win home. And Sanders was able to get those people to vote for him. So I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if he can repeat that in states that are somewhat like Michigan, like Missouri, like Ohio, like Illinois, that come up this next week. Certainly, I think you're right, Sean, in the sense that a lot of people still don't believe that Sanders has a realistic path to the nomination. But then again, a lot of people thought that Michigan was an absolute blowout. And maybe what it came down to more than anything else was that Sanders just outworked the Clinton team, and the Clinton team took it a bit for granted and believed their poll numbers and their clips instead of getting out there and turning out the vote. Yeah, it's getting very interesting on the Democratic side. But again, what do you think of the phenomenon where she keeps winning the states that it's not likely any Democratic nominee is ever going to win against a Republican, and he keeps winning the blue states? Yeah, obviously he's been able to turn out people in a different manner in some of those blue states, and certainly she has won that arc right across the South, where you would think that most of those states would be automatics for the Republicans in November. Uh, Sanders, obviously, and it's funny, you listen to him on the stump, Sean, and there are there are things that are very that you hear echoed in a in the Donald Trump speech, for example. There's a big drive against the establishment and sort of the, the corporate people that are against you and everything. Sanders has really been able to make that into an effective campaign effort. 
And this will be a test for him now. He has a little momentum, a little infusion of energy from his victory yesterday. And maybe he can turn that to his advantage, not only in the debate today, but in those states that vote tomorrow. He's going to be doing a rally tomorrow, I think, at the University of Florida. And then he's going to be in the Orlando area tomorrow as well. So he knows that he's got a chance here with these five states. But one would think the organization of Hillary Clinton would have the edge. Then again, we thought that about Michigan as well. Yeah. All right. Any other news out of Washington these days? You haven't talked a lot about Barack Obama. Now, apparently, he's not going to Nancy Reagan's funeral. That's pretty, you know, he doesn't go to Scalia's funeral, doesn't go to Nancy Reagan's funeral. What's up? He he doesn't feel like going to uh, honor people that he disagrees with? My colleague, uh, Patricia uh, Murphy, wrote a piece in Roll Call about this. And and, and it's sort of uh, exactly the way I feel just about sort of funeral in general. There's a lot of times when people don't want to go to him uh, just because. And, you know, it's one of those things that you just sort of do it and get it over with and be done with it. Obviously, this president, uh, he's decided he's going to send the first lady to Nancy Reagan's funeral. Obviously, it doesn't satisfy a lot of Republicans. I'm not sure what would, uh, frankly, in some ways. But in others, sometimes that's sort of your your job as a as the president is to do those kind of things. But obviously, uh, he has decided not to do them. And I think uh, it'll be remembered by some Republicans for some time to come. Which Republican presidential candidate tweeted out when he wouldn't go to Justice Scalia's funeral that it was a disgrace and maybe if it was in a mosque, he would have gone? Uh, I don't remember who it was. That Trump? Bing, bingo. <laughs> you don't remember that one? Got a no, lot of play. Uh, there have been a few things that have gone on in the last few weeks, so I, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, was my, it was my default answer, yes. Let's see what he tweets about him not going to Nancy Reagan's funeral. All right, Jamie Dupree, uh, safe travels. 